0: Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. And this is Art Blog Radio. Uh, today we're talking to Clay's Gabriel, who was born in Port au Prince, Haiti, in 1977. He's the son of the famous Haitian artist Jacques Gabriel. Clay studied at MICA, or the Maryland Institute of Contemporary Art. His work in the recent 540 show at Sandy Webster Gallery was a group of totemic objects made of stretched canvas over wood armatures. So did you grow up with your father around you?
1: That was my main source of inspiration for um waking up and seeing this guy paint all the time and having you know he he was a realistic painter which sort of made me want to be an abstract painter. He always had models and always painted, and he went to Beaux-Arts in Paris, so he had a very classical upbringing.
2: And did he teach, or did, no, did he sell his no, work?
1: he sold his work. That's, that's the other thing that is really screwing with my head. He lived off of his work and provided for a family, so I've always, wow. I always felt like you could, you could do that. And And I don't know. How's that going? I don't know if you can do that anymore. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe if you have an agent and you sell in New York or something. But I just—it's—it's tough. You know, you talk to artists. You know, everyone has a side gig, have something else.
0: So, what's your side gig? Uh,
1: I try not to have one, but I do carpentry and um, whatever. You know, depending on whatever paint houses, whatever that—if that I have to. But ideally, I would rather get up seven o'clock. Put twelve hours in here and and have this sort of interaction and the interaction I've been getting in the past couple of months.
0: Uh, we know that you sold a couple of pieces with, in the show at Sandy Webster.
1: Not at the show, but uh, since I've been in Philly, I was living in Baltimore for a while, and um, that was good because it's a it's a real blue collar community where you have cheap rent and you can concentrate on your work. I guess people have been sort of interested with the work because it's, I like the idea that it, it teeters both boundaries as far as conceptual and non-conceptual, something that is merely decorative or spiritual and something that is truly continuing, shape canvas, what Frank Stella, as well Kelly and all those guys started.
2: Yeah, Elizabeth Murray. Elizabeth I mean, Murray. It's got the absolutely. Western and uh, the western Sam Gilliam.
1: Even, even when sure. I went to Sydney Webster, I saw a Sam Gilliam painting, and I thought about the way, the way he just hung his canvases. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he just hung them. Yeah. He just didn't even stretch them. And I think about Francis Bacon, and he painted on raw canvases. And anybody who dealt with the canvas differently sort of moved me in a powerful way.
0: And can you describe a little bit about how you make these?
1: The sculptures, I start out with carving out, I start out with gluing three or four pieces of wood that have been cut into a particular shape. So if I'm going to do like a lotus leaf flower base, I cut three shapes into that and then I glue them together so that it gets the thickness and then I carve those into like a round shape so that it really looks elegant and graceful. And that base sort of gives me the idea of what the rest of the piece will look like. And from that point, I uh, cut and carve different pieces that will eventually be glued together so that the canvas is stretched around it. So that it really looks like a mask, but it still is just a painting with a very intricate stretcher.
0: So you talked about your influences in terms of, um, of using a non-standard rectangle <clears> for your paintings as supports, but um, how about influences on the paint?
1: The influence on in the paint comes from um, uh, my travels, I guess. Uh, when I was in college, I joined this group that allowed me to do a lot of humanitarian work. So in a way, I feel like I cheated because I got to go to some of the most extreme places. Like where? India, Africa, a couple of times, Romania, all parts of Europe, and um, you know, places where you that are not tourist destinations where you get to go and you have a task <laughs> and you have to do something, and then you get to see people that you wouldn't actually see if you were just visiting it.
2: And what yeah. was the task, just out of curiosity? Were well, you building houses? For, for example, so- in
1: India, I built a well in Delhi and then got to drive around in Bangalore. And got to see temples, and you build a well in a leper colony. Most people don't hang out with lepers, you know. So those those trips turned out. When I came back, I guess I came back feeling like there's something I want to do with my work that I wanted to resemble these work that I've, these ancient work that I've seen. And even though I'm not making something directly connected to a spirituality or some, even though that's what they were doing, but I like the power they evoked with their statues and their masks. And there's always one thing in common with antiquity, it's statues and masks. It's masks and statues, as simple as that. You know, It's either on the wall or on the floor, but it's always statues and masks.
2: Did you grow up um, in a religious household? Did, did your father participate in a Christian religion or That's a good voodoo or anything like that?
1: I guess he... He really believed in voodoo and he never baptized me. And uh, my mother came from a Catholic upbringing, and this will split up a family uh, in Haiti. Haiti is 70% Protestant, 30% Catholic, 100% voodoo. And that's the truth. And um, I don't even want to talk about food too much just because I guess that's a whole other conversation. You know what I mean? That's like, (laughs) because uh, our understanding of it is limited to movies and uh, media. What the understanding I got growing up was it being a religion that opens you up to the power of myth. If you believe in a myth, it comes true. Simple as that. So I'm building my own myth. I'm building my own tribe, my own little culture, my own little mythology.
2: <laughs> well, they, they look like characters, too. Your, your sculptures have eyes and mouths, so they like masks, but even the, the ones that are freestanding that aren't masks, they, they're anthropomorphic figures of some sort.
1: Uh, my housemate came up downstairs, and she said she couldn't live with them.
2: They would be looking at her, yeah.
1: She said they're alive and she couldn't live.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, do you have family in Haiti now?
1: Uh, family is like a sore part, sore spot for me. I've sort of uh divorced myself from my family a little bit ago. My mother lives in DC somewhere, I guess. I have a grandmother in Haiti, but uh, what happened is that. My father was a little bit older than my mother, and when he came to the, he left Paris and went to the United States, joined the Panthers. The United States kicked him out because what are you doing, joining the Panthers? You and mean the was, Black Panthers. Yeah, and I was in the '70s, and he got kicked out and was forced to go to Haiti, and that's why I come in the picture. And he married my mother, who was an affluent Haitian woman who was already married to a Frenchman, and she divorced him, and my. That just, we got disowned. And I don't really talk to that side of the family because they just felt like this artist destroyed her life. And we, we like, lived in a little house in the mountain. And we lived poor, even though my mother sort of came for money. And, you know, so I guess they're alive. But the people that got affected in Haiti were not the rich. So I, I'm, I, I wasn't worried about them because their houses are made out of cement, and stone and, and metal. Uh, people that got affected were the people that I would, I would hang out with if I went to Haiti, like the artists, the poor people, the ones that are like just bumming it. Their houses are made out of mud.
2: So let, let's change the subject. Sure.
1: And talk about
2: <laughs> what kind of art do you like to look at when you go out to look at art? Either at a museum or gallery. Minimal
1: art. Minimal. Minimal art. I love Frank Stella, Ellsworth Kelly, those guys. I will stand at their temple and worship their ideas. Minimal art. I really believe that I'm continuing that. Like when you think of Keith Herring and Jackson and all those guys, they sort of stopped that movement Mm -hmm. in the 80s. They sort of just put a stop to it. I love minimalism as a concept, as a way of life, and as a way. Not having a whole bunch of shit and stuff. Just crowding your thoughts and your ideas and your vision. So when I see Ellsworth Kelly is just a, a wave on a Frank Stella just just lines. And that moves me. That moves me. That moves me a lot. And plus, there were painters back then who were just painters. And I hated that Stella is switched to metal eventually at the end of his life. I loved that he was just pushing the boundaries of painting and that's sort of what I want to do.
2: So do you listen to music when you're working? Is music sort of in the background? I
1: do, but I watch more movies.
2: When you're working? (laughs)
1: When I'm working. Old movies from the 80s, action movies, uh, especially movies that I've seen. um, It lets me know I've I've been painting for two hours. If I watch six movies, I know I've painted (laughs) for 12 hours. Every once in a while, if there's a good line, I take a break and sit down and smoke a cigarette. But mostly listening to it. It's a distraction so I can focus. It quiets down the mental clays so that the subconscious clays can work. The mental clays is watching the movie with his head and the real clays is actually getting the work done.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So how did you uh, select Micah to go to school? There's so many places in the country that are good art schools. I wanted to
1: follow my father's footstep and go to school in Paris. So I got into this school in, in, in France, I got into this school in France, and I got into this school in New York. They both wanted like 30 grand, and Micah wanted to give me almost a full ride. Simple as that.
2: And that's a really good decision.
1: <laughs> and plus, I really thought it was a bad decision at first. I was like, there's nothing comes out of Baltimore. Like, you know, but after the first week, I cried myself to sleep and was like, it was my first time away from home too. And it was good, you know, college is always that for people, whatever. But then after a couple months, I realized, wow, one thing that will happen to me in Baltimore is I would I would get real work done, because nothing happened. It was just, I did meet John Waters a few times and hung out with him at the bar. Oh, I'm also
0: jealous (laughs) of John Waters' (laughs) story.
1: There is that, and that happens in Baltimore, like hanging out with just weirdos.
0: (laughs) So I had to meet John Waters.
1: He hangs out at the the Club Charles, uh, right across from the movie theater. He's he's just about as interesting as everyone else in Baltimore.
2: (laughs) You know, he collects art. He's a big art collector. Yeah, but... you got to get into his collection.
1: Yeah, but it's not like I'm going to be like, hey, I'm an artist, here's my... You know, I I just... I'm not... I don't... That's why I think I'm not... I don't promote well, nor do I want to, actually. You know, I don't feel like that's what I want to do. I'm not a salesman. I'm not going to do that. I try to get representation in Baltimore... Leslie king Hammond is the dean there, and uh, she's been a good mentor to me. And she, said, she told me that there's benefits to not being represented. And, well, except
0: you just said that, that you didn't want to spend your time peddling your work. Yeah,
1: but I'll, I enjoy having people over, and I enjoy having company, and um, I enjoy selling to my friends to work in class.
0: You said that there were two shows that you had been in Philadelphia. What was the other show?
1: The first show I did, which kind of got me everything else, was at, um, it's called Sun King Gallery or Art Around yes. Gallery. Yes. It's yeah, sort right. of closed down right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I rode my bike, when I moved here, I rode my bike around town to look for places to show. And I saw this really great gallery that this Dr. Dodd runs. This guy was running it. I was like, hey, man, this is a great space. Can I show here? He said, yeah. I said, you have a cool job. How would you get it? He said, I'm actually moving. So I ended up running the gallery for a year and uh, working there for a little bit. And it was a good space. The work that's up right now, I curated that show and I put it up. And that's how I got everything else. That's how Cindy Webster found out about my work because her gallery is maybe two blocks just across the street.
2: So do you think Sun King is going to open up again?
1: I don't know if you've noticed, it's been closed for a while. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm hoping it will, partly because I like that gig. It was one day a week and... And I get to run a gallery, you know. <laughs>
2: and it's a nice little space. It's well, a great we've been space. in there for a couple of shows. And there's foot
0: traffic by there. Because which it's is right really down the street. It's right down the street. Yes, and and he has a nice window so that when you pass by you can get a sense of what's in there and yeah. people come in.
1: People do come in and the whole idea of an art gallery for me is people that are not aiming to go to a show, that are just strolling and then Wow. Every, every piece that I've sold and I'm still make, selling are from people that did that. Not the people that actually went to the show. But you, so I think you really have to have a gallery. If you're going to have a gallery, that's right on the street, right open. That's what art is about. You want to surprise people. You want to have it free, available, so that people can walk up to it.
0: So we've been talking today with Clay's Gabriel. <laughs> I wanted to say Clay's Oldenburg. Uh, <laughs> That's why I was named after. Were you? That
1: was my father's favorite artist when he went to Paris, and he named me after Clay Odenberg. Sorry to interrupt.
0: That's no, no. That is good. <laughs> Glad you put that in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we've been talking with Claise Gabriel in his studio in West Philadelphia.
2: Thank you so much for talking Thank with you. us. It's been great. Thank yes. you. Our <laughs> blog radio is brought to you by theartblog.org.
0: Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And thanks to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.